You're listening to the My NFT Journey podcast. Each week our host Andy Storch will share his journey and newly found passion for non-fungible tokens. Welcome to My NFT Journey. I am your host Andy Storch and this is a show where I share my NFT journey as well as the journeys of others to help you along your NFT journey wherever you might be and maybe just share some lessons about why we think this is the place to be and I've got a great guest to talk about that today. Kevin Logan is the co-founder at Probably Nothing Talent, a blockchain crypto NFT recruitment consultancy that specializes in sourcing and recruiting. And I know Kevin is all things all into blockchain, Web3, crypto, just from us connecting on Twitter and talking. And he's also a husband and father of two boys and a lover of NFTs and Web3. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Andy. It is absolutely a pleasure. I, I do sincerely appreciate you asking me to be on. And thank you to all the listeners at home for taking time to listen. I greatly appreciate everybody. Yeah, for sure, man. We we were connected through Adam Posner, who you work with in your recruiting agency. He's been a friend of mine for a few years now and actually connected through Gary V, which is, you know, he's intermingled into all of our stories here into NFT world. But I know you've had your own journey into this space. So I'm curious, you know, how did you get into NFTs? What was your, what did your journey look like? Yeah. You know, my, my journey into NFTs came from the kind of like the more financial monetary aspect of it. Right. Mm. So just the idea of scarcity, you know, we, we've lived in a society for so long where that, that, you know, that there isn't really scarcity there's, you know, in, in terms of our, our, our space, there's printing money, you know, mm. there's the opposite of scarcity. And so, um, you know, NFTs delivered the opportunity to turn users into owners. And I've been talking about that a lot. Um, You know, again, taking it back to, uh, I mentioned this before, but, you know, back to the global financial crisis. This truly is a a big story, a large story that has a lot more to do with just, you know, the the NFTs as as a PFP and the art piece. Um, Really where I come into it is on the, really the use case and utility of it. Um, you know, the ability for it to be a, uh, a digital identity. As a recruiter, digital identities are, are freaking cool. And, and when, you, when you learn more about the utilization of NFTs and the fact that essentially you can have this, this digital asset which you own that speaks to everything you've done in your life. And then instead of having, you know, when you go to that job and, and giving them the, the references and then your resume and then your data and data and data, with NFTs, we're going to have a future where you're just going to give them your NFT. All the information is going to be there and you mm. own that information. Yeah. So ownership, owning your data, owning your information. That's actually what got me into NFTs. That's really interesting. And I have a, a recruiter friend, Ben, who's also into uh, NFTs, had me on his podcast. And he wrote an article on LinkedIn one day about this idea of, will one day all resumes be an NFT? Something that so. kind of updates. I'm wondering what you think about that. I hope so. I hope so. And, and again, it, it really just all for me goes back to ownership. It goes back to sovereignty, right? There's a lot of information out there, especially now with blockchain coming, you know, and the fact that, you know, all blockchains are kind of, well, are kind of databases. It's all data, right? Data is the new oil. And if that's the case, then I, I, want, I want everybody to have the gas they need uh, to, to propel themselves. Yeah. And so what NFTs is, is, is that it gives you the ownership so that you can propel yourself. So you can own that stuff with which the platforms you use have, yeah. and they monetize that. Now it's our turn to be able to own that information, use it the way we want it, give it to the people that we want to give it to, and then monetize it the way we want to, if we so decide. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great power and great responsibility and lots of risks and things that come with that and things we still have to figure out regulation wise and all that sort of stuff. When did you get into this space? Was it last year? Like many of us, was it earlier through cryptocurrency? When did you start really paying attention? Yeah, actually back in 2013, I'll, I'll never forget it. I was watching ESPN. There was a college football game on and there was a kid on his dad's shoulders. He's probably like 12 or 13 and he had a big sign and it said, it didn't say anything. It just had like this 25 alphanumeric number. And I was like, hmm. what is that? Like there was, I was crazy. So I, I, I just, I wanted to know, and what do you do? You just Google it. That Google led to some Bitcoin article. I was like, what's Bitcoin? Yeah. That led to me going down the rabbit hole of what Bitcoin was. At that time, I didn't, I didn't read the white paper. It was just kind of in the periphery. And then since 2013, around that time, it's always been the back of the periphery. Um, in 2017, around the ICO times, um, because the money and all my friends were talking about how you know everybody was making a million dollars here and there, I, I went back to Bitcoin because I, I wanted to more understand the foundation of it. Yeah. So I read the white paper. I understood kind of what peer-to-peer cash was and wanted to understand just like foundationally what, what the blockchain is, what it's going to do and how it's going to transform our lives. So it, it really started with Satoshi Nakamoto's white paper, understanding what peer-to-peer cash was. And, um, and then not to get too deep because this could go, you know, really deep, but really just understanding, you know, the question of, again, back to the global financial crisis, what is money? Um, you know, why is it that we don't control so much of our finances and, and, and things that kind of just happen to us? So, um, you know, you know, learning more about blockchain, you, you really go down a rabbit hole that helps you understand yeah. banking, fractional reserve banking. You understand how our monetary and fiscal system works. And then you understand how blockchain is coming in to revolutionize just old software and, 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 and make it a new. And then again, turn, turn users into owners. Yeah. And what you're talking about, and certainly I think Bitcoin in some ways was created as a reaction to the financial crisis in right. 2007, 8, 9, right? Because you basically, you saw a worldwide phenomenon where so many people were impacted by the actions of a of, of few, right? A few people who controlled all of the money, mostly on Wall Street and other places, right? Who were making big bets on things that they probably shouldn't be. And nobody was really there was really much justice, right? Nobody's really punished for the things they did that created that. I mean, certainly regulations came from it, but it showed how much power a few people have and how little power we as people have over what's going Like there was really nothing any of us could have done to protect ourselves other than if somehow you really knew what was going on and you were like shorting the housing market or something, but otherwise <laughs> that's which right. there's like a handful of people did, which that's what uh, the big short was all about, right? But but otherwise, like most people, there was nothing we could do. And we were just, we were kind of helpless in that situation. And so to that end, and, and why this is so important is it's it's all shadow money, right? It's all things that are done in the shadows by yeah. by just the biggest, biggest of the big people. And so again, what Bitcoin and blockchains are trying to do is bring those things to light, things out of the shadows where everything is on the blockchain. You can't hide, which is why I laugh when they say things like, you know, most of fraud and scams happen through through blockchain. Well, you'd have to be a fool because Chainalysis and there's tons of organizations that will find you and they'll find you really quickly. And they do. So it's it's just, uh, you know, it's it's a form of decentralization that allows us exactly to hedge against those that make decisions for us in this economy. Yeah. And like, there's few people making those decisions. 
And you know, I've been investing in the stock market for many years. I really started around 2009. The timing was great for me, and I've done fairly well. And I've observed, obviously, there's so much ridiculousness and waste in the in the market and the financial markets where people are running these hedge funds and wealth, you know, mutual funds that are not necessarily beating the market and getting paid tons and tons of money. And and I've done okay, you know, trading individual stocks, but I've also never been in the illusion that I really have that much control, right? Because the the people on Wall Street always have an advantage, right? right. You know, they're building the the super cables under the ground to make the trades faster. They know what's going on before I do. Oh, that sort trading. of thing. You know, the the little people like us, we can benefit. You know, I have grown my wealth through investing in the market, right. but at the same time, like it's almost like they could take it away from us at any time. And moving to cryptocurrency, blockchain, Web three has been almost like power to the people, where it's decentralized. Right. You own your keys, right. you own your stuff. In theory, nobody can take that money away from you. Now, obviously, regulations can come about. We've seen what China has done and a few other countries that are looking at blocking or banning cryptocurrency. But I feel like, at least in a democratic culture like what we have in the United States, usually if it's something that all the people want, yeah. the government can't really stop it. And to, to that end, right? Yeah, power, power for the people. This is our opportunity as the little people to front run institutions. And that's what we've been doing yeah. You know, since 2011. If you decided to read that white paper, then you had the opportunity to mine Bitcoin and get yourself out of the system. So this has been given to individuals to educate themselves and then within reason, take yourself out of the system. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this is the first opportunity where people like us can educate ourselves, front run institutions, which you can see now, because now, as we were just mentioning before our call, the Black Rocks of the world are getting in. The five serves of the world are getting in. Your Nikes and Apples and all these all these large yeah. organizations are now getting in. But before that, it was people like me and you doing our research, educating ourselves, being in discourse, being in Twitter, yeah. immersing ourselves, getting interactive with it. And then yeah. through that, we had conviction. And then we used our 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 uh, inflated dollars yeah. on that conviction. Yeah. And and now we're here. And so now we're here, and institutions are telling you with their dollars that we're here, to, we're here now, and it's going to stay around for a long time. Right. So, and, you know, and there's, there's pros and cons to all this, or there's always trade-offs, right? So you Absolutely. mentioned front running the institutions, power to the people, like this is an opportunity, unprecedented opportunity. Historically, you know, there's been a lot of regulations in place to say, okay, you can buy stocks through institutions like Fidelity or Chase. You can't, you know, invest in a startup unless you're a accredited investor, right? Where you have a hundred thousand dollars in the bank or whatever the, the rules are. And people have been frustrated with that with many years for many years. This gives us an opportunity to you know, buy into cryptocurrencies before Wall Street gets in because, you know, they're all looking at it, but they haven't really gotten into it yet in a big way. That's a big discussion that's been going on in the Bitcoin community, you know, not financial advice, right? We don't know where things are going to go, right. but it seems like all of Wall Street is looking at that. You have an opportunity to get in equal footing, same as anybody else ahead of the banks into these NFTs to possibly invest in projects without those regulations in place. The flip side of that is a lot of regulations are in place to protect us, the people, from you know, wasting, losing, throwing away all our money, getting ripped off. And we can throw our money at anything right now, right? And you see people losing money left and right, getting scammed left and right, getting their, their cryptocurrency or their NFTs stolen. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. Yeah, there's no recourse. Education. Education. I can't, you know, I can't stress it enough because Number one, you know, especially in NFT land, right? And so this, this is the difficult part about our job. 
about spreading the love of NFTs because it is a beautiful space. It's a beautiful place, but it's the Wild West. Yeah. And if you aren't prepared to be a gunslinger in the Wild West, then you are going to get you're you're going to get taken over. Uh, you know, we've seen the amount of scams and rug pulls that have happened, and that goes with doing due diligence. That goes with you only using money that you know you can lose. Yeah. That also goes with you being patient and understanding that for every board ape yacht club, there is ten thousand not board ape yacht clubs. <laughs> right, exactly. And They're like not ten thousand, not joking. Right. And so you know, and so that to, to that point, as much as I want to just say how wonderful and, and great it is, and it is for teams like that we know, like Deadheads or or like your board ape or Azuki or whatever the team is. Again, there's just there's just so much as you said on the on the trade off flip side of that, that is just that we have a long way to go. And so I am, I have unfortunately become pro-regulation because there will always be those that will take advantage of those that are less educated. That's right. And unfortunately or fortunately, regulations do serve as a barrier, walled garden gate, help those that are less educated with the convenience of still using the system. And so to that end, we need regulation. Yeah, it is. Ah. It is the wild west, and ah. yeah, we do need some laws and regulations to help protect people. And the change, you know, the space is going to change over time. I want to ask you about like the talent side of things and where where companies are popping up and what they're doing in part two of this. But to finish here, you, you talked about scams and getting educated. Have you had your own experience with that? Have you been scammed, or what's a big mistake that you've made that has maybe cost you in the short run, but has been a great education for you? Because many of us have had that that experience. Yes. You know, it's, I always, I always have to like step back. I've never been scammed. <laughs> okay. And I've, I've played in the, I played in the game a lot yeah. and I will say, and, and, and this is luck. Yeah. Like yeah. this is luck guys. Yeah. Um, I could have done as much research as, as I wanted. And, and I do, I do a ton of research before I hop onto any project. I'm a recruiter. So I interview, right. I'm looking yeah. at LinkedIn profiles. I'm looking at the team. If you haven't fully docked yourself, I'm not doing it. Okay. So, you know, I have, I have rules also. So there has to be rules to the game. I feel like, yeah. but, oh my gosh, I have a buddy of mine. Yeah. He had his three favorite NFTs. I, I don't know exactly how much he lost and, and how much yeah. he lost. It's whatever he would have sold it for. Right. But one was an Azuki. He was in early on V friends and I forget the other one, but uh, I mean, not to bring this down, but he went into a deep depression, oh, you know, they were, that all was, stolen. they were all stolen. And that, that, that was, that was, you know, that was, that's like bonus money. That was money that he used his hard earned time to earn or something that he thought would, would free him of, you know? And so, you know, for every one of the awesome NFT stories where somebody got in early and sold their NFT for $200,000, there's 15 stories of somebody losing a lot of money. money. And and even if it's not a lot of money, even if you lose a dollar, there's still like, that's an impact. Yeah, yeah, I've been scammed and I've lost mine. Do you do you know what happened? Some is it something we can learn from? Do I know what happened to him? Yes. yes. Yeah, he was in a Discord. Somebody had put out. So yeah, he, he was. This was this was like uh, this was about three or four months. This was about five or six months ago, actually. Okay. Back when even the proliferation of scams wasn't so maybe yeah. heavy. But he was in a Discord. One of the people on there made a profile that looked like one of the um, the owners. They mm. put in uh, you know that were minting. We're, we're minting a new, I don't know if it was a Zuki. I don't know which one it was. New collection or something. A, a new collection, you know, sign up, put your wallet here. He did it. And then within, I don't know, two minutes, they were gone. Oh, man. 
went, it, went into the Discord, asked everybody to help, uh, did the Twitter thing, asked for, you know, for please. Somebody somebody even did a, a you know, like a postmortem for him, found out the wallet, put it out yeah. there. That's nothing the you can do. Still it's nothing gone. You can do. It was, it, was, it was sold three times over and right. like within a week. Yeah. And that's what a lot of the thieves do. So people, you know, look at that and ask, well, how, how does this go down? Can't you get it back? Can you freeze the wallet? But what, what people do is they, they scam you, they get you to click on a link and go connect your wallet to something that you shouldn't be connecting to. They grab the expensive NFTs, whatever they can grab from your wallet. And then they immediately go and accept the highest offer or list it way below the floor price in that project. So if a Zuki floor is, I don't know, right now, I think it's like 50 ETH or something, they go and sell it for 30 and then they're gone. There is, there is actually one thing that I messed up on that I know a lot of newbies will. Actually, I would yeah. like to say okay. it has to do with, your, with, with, with the address. Okay. So what I did early was I sent money to the wrong address. So I didn't get scammed. I yeah. scammed myself. Yeah. I lost $1,200 Oof. on the dumbest thing yeah. ever. Yeah. I, I just forgot that I had already copied it another address. Yeah. And then I didn't copy the new one. So, so here's, here's for I'm always so nervous about that. I've sent money ETH so many times I've transferred so times. NFTs to my other wallet and I'm like, Oh my God, I hope this is the right number. You have to triple check. Yeah. When you, when you, when you copy and paste, you yeah. have to go back to the original address and check those last four. You right. have to, Make if sure you don't, can. you're going to scam yourself. It's yeah. going to happen. It's going to be accident because things happen so fast. And then there's just no way for you to reverse it. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. So take yeah. three, 12 seconds, right. go back, make sure it's the right address. I promise you will thank yourself. Verify that address. And I just heard another one yesterday. I just interviewed Josh Wade on this podcast and he told a story of his friend who sold something. I think it was a V friend early on for like five ETH or something like that, accepted an offer for 5.5 wrapped ETH and then sent it to his Coinbase. And apparently you oh, can't send no. wrapped ETH. You can't yes. send wrapped ETH to Coinbase oh. and it's just lost. It's just gone. <laughs> oh, geez. I would be like, uh, I'd be so upset. I'm, I'm so upset for him, right? Just like thinking about that. And that's where it goes back to education mm -hmm. and patience. That's why I bring I it up. Like we need to educate people, look stuff up. If you are not sure in this space about anything, if you're not sure, yeah. go ask somebody, yeah. ask a friend, Go onto Twitter and tweet it out and see what people say. Go into the Discord, you know, and ask questions because you you just it it helps you know, to verify. In the Web two world, we say mistakes are okay. Yeah. Right now in the Web three world, mistakes yeah. are not okay. You right, don't want to exactly. make a mistake. It's going to cost you a lot of money. This is one yeah. of those times where you can't come back from your mistake. Yeah. Don't make them. It's true. I mean, you can make mistakes. You can come back. I definitely have. Oh, of course. But, but it costs money. It costs money. <laughs> The lesson will cost you in money. That's right. Uh, all right, Kevin, we're going to wrap this up and we're going to bring you back for part two. We're going to talk about what's going on in the Web3 marketplace, talent, business, future of work, all that sort of stuff. So thanks for being here. Uh, what's your what's your Twitter handle, Kevin? How can people reach out to you? Yes, at Bitmember, like gold member, but Bitcoin. Bitmember, at Bitmember, that's me. Got it. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you. Appreciate y'all.
Thanks again for listening to My NFT Journey. Hey, I wanted to take a moment to let you know that our podcast right now is sponsored by Voice.com. Yeah, Voice is an easy place for creators to create carbon-neutral NFTs. That's right. You may have heard about NFTs from the outcry around environmental impact and how much energy is being burned by Bitcoin and Ethereum and other cryptocurrencies and NFTs and tokens traded on the blockchain. Well, Voice is 65,000 times more energy efficient than Bitcoin and 17,000 times more energy efficient than Ethereum. So if you're looking to create some NFTs very easily or buy some NFTs, especially low-cost NFTs, very easily with U.S. dollars and without burning lots of energy or impacting the environment, then check out voice.com. I am working on creating my own collection of NFTs on voice, and I've found so far that it's extremely easy. All you need is the right graphic, the right strategy, or what you want to create. Decide what you want to give to people when they buy the NFTs, and then go set it up. It only takes a few minutes. So go check it out, voice.com, and let me know what you think.